Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 17. Today, I'm talking all about how to create more engaging and interactive sessions online. Now, although I'd love to have a crystal ball and see into the future, I can't really predict what's going to happen in the next six months any more than you can. And although things may be opening up now in some areas and some parts of the world, I can't say for certain and no one can say for certain that we won't at some point be restricted in the way we gather and the way we hang out together at some point in the coming months. And if you work regularly with audiences in person, whether that's in a gallery, museum, heritage or outside setting, you need to have a backup plan for whenever you can't meet in real life. And this is where feeling confident that you can create an engaging and interactive online experience comes in. So today's episode, I'm going to share with you a variety of ways that you can make your online sessions, whatever format they may take, more interactive and engaging. Now, before we start, if you'd like to support the show, you can now do so by buying me a lovely cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And the show notes, they're available on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 17. So now let's get started with today's show. So in October last year, I shared a post on Instagram about Amazon Explore. This is a new Amazon Experiences. It's a service which allows people to access experts in a chosen field and to enjoy a virtual touring experience. Now, it's still in beta version, but it aims to offer a different experience from anything else out there. So firstly, the sessions are always one-to-one between the guide and the subscriber. And secondly, there's an emphasis on personalization, active learning, interaction, and engagement. So with Amazon Explore, what they're trying to do is they want to offer a more comprehensive experience, something that's different to passive consumption or just watching something on screen. Now, I shared this because I think anyone creating virtual sessions, any tours, any experiences online should take note. Also, anyone involved with doing anything online, if you're doing any online teaching, course creators, and so on. And I shared it because I'd heard a few whispers about the death of online experiences and Zoom fatigue. And I don't believe virtual experiences are going anywhere soon. There may be less of them as we start to open up, or they may take different formats, but they are really here to stay. And those experiences that emphasise 
personalization, active learning, interaction and engagement will be here to stay. And this is something we should all be offering in our online experiences. And if you haven't leveled up your skills yet, it's time you took some action. So I have a class for this. It's called Zoom Confidence for Educators. And I'll tell you about it at the end of this episode. But in the meantime, here are 13 quick fire ways you can create more engagement and interaction in your Zoom sessions. Now, just a note before we start, I refer to Zoom here because that's my platform of choice. I've used many others, but none have the same features and functionality that Zoom has, in my opinion. So over the past year, I've attended some really wonderful interactive online sessions, and I've also led hundreds of my own. But I've also attended some pretty dull one-way presentations and long lectures. Now, no matter what type of session you're leading, whether it's a virtual tour, an online slow-looking discussion, an online class or a course, you need to keep your sessions interactive to stop your participants from tuning out. You need to find a variety of ways to engage people throughout the session. And when it's done right, online sessions, I think, are just as, and in some cases perhaps more, rewarding and engaging than in-person ones. But how do you make it interactive and keep everyone fully engaged? So here are my 13 tips. We're going to start with number one letting participants know what to expect. So you should set your expectations at the start of your session so that everybody knows what will be happening in the next 30 minutes, 60 minutes or however long your session is going to be. You should explain what you're going to be doing and what the protocol will be. I always have a slide with Zoom guidelines. So camera on, camera off, muted or unmuted. And as a general rule, cameras on will make people feel more present and involved. But do be understanding, obviously, that there are certain situations and circumstances when people can't turn their cameras on. Um, I would tell everyone this is going to be an interactive class and explain how you'll be asking people to participate. So don't forget that there are an awful lot of passive webinars and presentations out there. So do let people know from the start that yours will be an active session. And if your participants are perhaps less confident with the technology, you could perhaps also send them a short how-to video beforehand to get them started. Now, just before I move on, I recommend that you don't start the session immediately with the schedule and the Zoom guidelines. This is a really surefire way to get people to tune out. So in all of my sessions, I work with the mantra connection before content. So I always get to know the group and I do a warm up before I share any of this information. Okay, number two, use names. This is probably the simplest 
piece of advice I can share with you. So refer to your participants by name throughout. This helps to establish rapport and it makes people pay attention too. Now, if people aren't using their real names as their account name, so iPad3 or JMB, encourage them to change this at the start of the session. There are really easy instructions uh, for how to do this on the Zoom website and you can share this with your participants too. And it will help you because you don't have to guess what their name is. And when someone makes a comment in the chat, for example, you can then paraphrase, paraphrase their comment and mention their name too. Three, create an atmosphere that encourages participation. So as you would do in person, you want to make sure that all participants in your online session feel happy to contribute. So you want to create a welcoming and friendly atmosphere that encourages participation from the start. You want to make sure that all participants feel that their contributions are valued and that they've been understood by the facilitator, and that's you. So use your facilitation skills and good questioning techniques throughout to make sure everyone feels comfortable about participating and sharing. Don't forget also to welcome everyone to the session and make sure you find out something about them. So not just who they are and where they come from, but perhaps already what they know about the subject that you're going to be discussing today. My classes um, sometimes contain a mix of beginners, intermediate and experienced visible thinkers. So it's really good to know where everyone is coming from so that you can tailor content accordingly. Four, make it participant centered. So you want to think of your role as the orchestrator or facilitator of the discussion. So you are helping participants to discover information for themselves. This is not about providing content and facts. Don't forget you are the guide on the side rather than the sage on the stage. And if you are going to do a lecture, consider whether an asynchronous format, that's a recorded video, might be better for you. I think live sessions are for participation, interaction and connection. And if you do find yourself oversharing or going into a monologue, and we've all been there at certain times, just ask yourself the question, could the group discover this for themselves if I asked the right questions? Okay, moving on to number five, use the full features of Zoom. So now we're getting on to a bit of the tech stuff, but you can easily encourage interaction by using all the different features of your video conferencing software of choice. So the chat function is brilliant. You can use that to invite comments and participation. It's particularly useful for those who are perhaps a bit more introverted, those who haven't said anything yet. You can also create polls that ask participants to share experiences or to vote on things. Or you can put people into pairs, trios and small groups in breakout rooms. 
I particularly love breakout rooms because I think they're really good at breaking the ice, getting people warmed up and getting them super engaged. And they really quickly reinforce this sense of community as the group can discuss and relate together. So number six, divide up into smaller groups. So on a similar vein to what I was just saying, you can use breakout rooms to really foster those small group collaborations and conversations. But make sure you give them certain questions or tasks to work on together and make sure the instructions are clear. If you need to, share written instructions. There are many times I've been in a breakout room and I haven't been exactly clear what the facilitator wants us to discuss. So do share something written if it's helpful. I think breakout rooms are really good at encouraging quieter or perhaps more hesitant participants to take part because it's a smaller group and it's much easier to interact. You can also nominate one person to note take. Um, you can ask someone else in the group to share their screen um, and this might help the group focus as well. Tell the group how long they're going to be in the breakout room and after that amount of time, close your rooms and ask participants from each group to share their findings. And I think you can still keep an eye on participants in breakout rooms and you can drop in if you need to. Okay, number seven, use collaboration tools. So perhaps for the more experienced online session provider, but use a variety of different tools to make your sessions really sing. These can be high tech, low tech, all sorts of tools you can have at your disposal. So I always recommend participants have a paper and pencil with them and post-it notes are also quite useful. You can also use things like story cubes or card decks with questions and viewfinders. You can um, use these for drawing activities, for writing exercises and more. And I've also experimented with other tools like Mentimeter and Miro. And these can sometimes offer more digital engagement and interactivity. So you can do mind mapping, brainstorming, idea capturing and so on. I really like using tools like Padlet or Google Forms to gather feedback or to ask for an exit ticket. So things like your one key takeaway or you can use the thinking routine. I used to think, now I think at the end of the session. So moving on to number eight, use thinking routines. So you knew I wouldn't leave out thinking routines, right? So thinking routines will give your online sessions more structure and purpose. So you can choose a thinking routine or more than one in advance and this will ensure that you have a well-rounded discussion rather than a loose muddle of questions to ask. And having this structure means that participants can follow the train of thought for the session and in this way they're more likely to stay engaged. So choosing the thinking routines in advance also means that you can decide on the type of thinking that you want to focus on during your session. So if you chose See, Think, Wonder, like we talked about in last week's episode, 
then you'll be focusing on observation, interpretation and reasoning. And the thinking routine will provide these carefully crafted questions that you can use and you can add to. You can add your own open-ended questions, which will also encourage interaction and participation. Number nine, ask questions. So if you take one thing away from this podcast, it should be this. No matter what the subject of your virtual session is, whether it's about art, archaeology, history, science, whatever, you can foster participation and interaction by asking good questions. So keep your participants busy throughout. So you can vary the way you work in your sessions, but you should be encouraging people to be active rather than passive. And if you're using objects or artworks in your session, let these be the focus and use your questions as catalysts, encouraging your participants to discover, to ponder and to reflect. You can also use thinking routines as a starting point, but do spend some time beforehand with your chosen artwork or object and write down a list of questions you might ask about it. Then you can star the ones that are most interesting. And by using more open-ended questions in your sessions, you'll find that you and your participants will have a more enjoyable, memorable and perhaps unique experience. So if you want to work on your questions, do see episodes 4, 10 and 15 and I'll put a link in the show notes too. So moving on to the last three tips now. 10 is allowing thinking time. So this is a really important point. When you ask your question, your carefully crafted open-ended question, ask your question and then wait. Give everyone the chance to respond by waiting. And if necessary, count to five in your head before you even think about saying anything. So be patient and comfortable with the silence and think of it as thinking time. By allowing people time to think, you're more likely to get responses. And if your session is larger than around eight to 10 people, you can ask for answers via the chat and this will stop everybody sort of bumping into each other when they speak. Or else you could also tell people to unmute themselves or they can raise a hand when they want to say something. Then you have a signal that someone would like to speak. But I would be aware that there are more silences in online sessions and you need to get comfortable with them. It doesn't mean that people aren't wanting to engage with you. Number 11 is be a good listener. So active listening involves fully concentrating on what's being said rather than just passively hearing the message of the speaker. And this counts for comments made in the chat too. So if you're not sure what someone has said, please ask for clarification. And by doing this, you ensure that you understand and value every comment and that will encourage more participants to join in and take part, which is, of course, a win-win. Twelve. 
be a bigger version of yourself. So I do think you have to be slightly larger than life in an online session. You do need to look directly at the camera and you do need to deliver with enthusiasm. So you should really look to find your own unique way of selling it online. So maybe that's with hand gestures or tone of voice or the words that you do. But take some time to find your own unique personality for delivering online experiences. And do remember that the passion you have for teaching in person and transfer that enthusiasm twofold online. It will really pay dividends. I think someone who's enthusiastic is always contagious and this makes the group even keener to respond and participate. And finally, read the room, number 13. So it is harder to read the room and pick up on clues, nonverbal clues in an online session, but with practice, you'll be able to spot any signs before people start to disengage. So I always do a regular scan of faces on your screen. And if you've got a large group, this will mean scanning through all the faces to check for blank stares or for furrowed brows or for people tuning out. And this is one why it's a great idea to have a camera on where possible policy because you can really start to see when you're losing any engagement. You should also check in with participants regularly. They can give you an actual thumbs up or they can use one of the Zoom icons. And I also use check-in questions throughout my sessions. I gather feedback and reflections via the chat too. And as I said, a Zoom poll is a great way to find out how everyone is doing as well. So that's it. 13 quickfire tips on how to make your online sessions more interactive and engaging. And if you want to go back and hear them again, perhaps get a pen and paper and note them down as well. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to work on your skills more comprehensively, I have a recorded masterclass for you called Zoom Confidence for Educators. And this class is definitely for you if you want to get over your tech fears, if you want to learn to create and lead engaging and interactive sessions of any kind, and if you want to learn how to let your personality shine through online and perhaps feel less camera shy in the bargain too. So this is a 90 minute class. It's online recorded class. So when you purchase it, you'll receive the recording, the slides, the workbook, and you can take the class at a time and place that suits you. And it really will have you facilitating interactive and engaging online classes like a pro in just 90 minutes. I'll put a link to that class in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe or follow The Art Engager and do give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It all helps to get the word out there and for more people to find the show. And be sure to download your episodes too so they count in the audience numbers. So you can find me on Instagram most days at Thinking Museum. So do head over there and say hello. And I'll see you next time on the Art Engager podcast. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.